Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Um, last week we talked about the crux of the gospel, all the ways that Jesus has restored us to the Father, and we're continuing in that vein to set up more that is to come. Next week we're going to have a different teacher. Mason going to be teaching next week. Come on. Make sure you're here early and ready to go. You got your notes, everything, you know, because it's going to be amazing, all right? It's going to be wonderful. And I'm thinking I may even paint during worship, okay? So, you know what I'm saying? We're going to mix it up a little bit in here. Since I'm not preaching, I got to do something, you know what I mean? Uh, But um, Ephesians is this, we have, you know, as we're starting to roll and get into it, um, we have probably, I think we have three more weeks of Ephesians. And then we're going to take a break and go into hunger and um, hunger and thirsting for God during Lent. And then we'll pick up Ephesians 4 through 6 after Easter, okay? So it'll be a, um, a little break that we'll take in this, this body or in this chapter. And I just love this, this book being that it's so foundational to our faith. Sometimes I need to remind myself what we get as believers from Ephesians 2, seeing how beautiful it is through inheritance that the, we get through the kingdom, through God. And so the name of this one is Jesus Kicked in the Door. Jesus Kicked in the Door, Waving the Holy Ghost, okay? Um, Jesus has done, you know, so much for us in the way of creating a new reality that we get to exist and live in. But that's not always something we take advantage of our inheritance that we have. Yet and still, the reality is he has opened up doors for us that no one else, that no man could open up, and, and, and as a result, that no man could possibly shut. He has created this opening that where it was a dividing line between us. That division is naturally what we choose, that we choose to go our own way, we choose to do our own thing, especially here in the city, we really have a lone wolf mentality, you know what I'm saying? It is to do it yourself, it's to stay home, it's cold anyway, it's not to reach out to a certain person, like we have this really lone wolf uh, mentality, but think about the Jews and the Gentiles even more than having a lone wolf mentality They hated each other and had hated each other for centuries. Jews hated Gentiles because they felt like they were half-breed pagans. Um, Gentiles hated Jews because they felt like they were ultra-religious and just lorded things over them. And this was the reality of the Jews and Gentiles relating in the ancient world. But Jesus came and in his flesh abolished The enmity, or a better word for enmity, is hate that existed between them. For centuries and centuries, and still even now to this day, 
anything that they can do to kill each other, to be divided from each other, or to take and to not give back. Is how can this possibly be reconciled when it's been reconciled through the body of Christ? In Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, it says, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near to the blood of Christ. For he himself is our what? Peace. He is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the Christ thereby putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place, in God of the Spirit. Uh, Yeah, I know that was a lot of words, but let me break it down for you. Jesus kicked in the door that kept us from being... I feel like this message could be just summed up in two um, airlines. (laughs) United and Spirit. (laughs) That's a, that, if you don't take anything away from it, okay, United in Spirit Airlines, there you go. <laughs> like, my pastor said, <laughs> that's it. We were united, and we have been united by the Spirit and given access to the Father. This is freaking amazing. Not only was there no way for us to find our way to each other, there was no way to find our way to God. And Jesus said, let me go, go ahead and take care of all of that in one fell swoop, that he created um, a way to destroy the dividing wall between humanity and a dividing wall between us and God. So when we think of a cross, is there a cross in here somewhere? I don't know. somewhere. But <laughs> we think of the cross destroying the dividing wall between us and destroying the dividing wall between us and God giving us this beautiful access to him in this loving way. Why is this important? Because all we do is divide. That's all we can do. But we have been reunited. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of the cross. We are very prone to homogeneity. We are very prone to be around people who look like us, who believe like us, who sound like us. Too bad that's not what the kingdom looks like, and it's not what heaven is going to look like, and it's not God's best work. His best work is all of us together with our different backgrounds, our different ethnicities, our different races, together believing and loving him. You look like you need a little bit of proof. Well, the first bit of proof that I love to talk about is Genesis 11 and 6. The Tower of Babel. 
And all the, they're working to build a tower to touch the heavens. Like, how tall does that really have to be to touch the heavens? And God says, let us go down and confuse their languages or else nothing will be withheld from them. What does that mean? It means when God's kids play together, there is nothing off the table that they will receive. Just this good father who's like, ah, man, I don't want to give them Coca-Cola, you know what I'm saying, at 3 a.m. But they're playing together, so I'll do whatever I can to keep the party going. Let's go. More sugar, more caffeine. Let's keep it rolling. That we have, even with Jesus destroying the dividing wall between Jews and Gentiles, showed us a way for reconciling what is ethnic and racial separation and segregation. That Jesus has done it in his own body. This is why justice that doesn't look like Jesus becomes very um, one-sided. It becomes about pointing one another's faults out. And where is the redemption, redemption even in the midst of it? But diversity is so beautiful. Oh, that we forget how much he loves for us to be together. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, that he's brought us together to please Jesus. That there is something missing when we are in an environment and everybody looks the same. There's something missing. It doesn't mean that we can't operate. It doesn't mean that it can't work. It doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying, you won't have a good time. But what it does mean is there's something missing. When we are not full of the diversity of the earth as it is in the kingdom. Now, this is hard in the 90s. People were trying hard with their diverse, you know, initiatives and the rallies and all those things and, and forcing people into positions just so you could say that you are diverse because it's something that God has to do naturally by his spirit or it won't stick. But uh, my argument is that God loves us so much and wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit on a partial bit of the church. He wants to pour it out on all flesh. Maybe what Jesus is coming back for, a spotless body, is not about us being sinless, but us being divisionless. That that is one of the biggest stains on the church, is that we gather so, I mean, how many all-black churches are there in Chicago? How many all-white churches are there in Chicago? But it's a very succinct hallmark of the kingdom for us to be together. This picture is a picture of uh, the perfect cup. It's actually in Lincoln Square. But <laughs> I saw this picture and thought about the first time... Um, when Peter was little, he's not here, so I'm, he won't mind if I tell this story. But <laughs> when Peter was a young chap, <laughs> and we were planning a church, and I was like, Peter, I would love for you to be our worship leader. And we had this meeting, and it was awesome. And so I went here to meet with Peter, his dad, and his pastor. And this was in 2000 and probably 12. 2012 or 13, somewhere in there, to meet with 
um, him, his dad, and his pastor. And so I think they were just checking me out, you know what I'm saying, discerning if I was a good dude or if I was shady or something like that. <laughs> um, but all those, the people that have been opened up to me by that meeting has been crazy. Now I have a whole Korean family because of that meeting with Peter. His wife, his current wife, Hannah, her whole family we knew because of this meeting at this time. How much less rich and varied would my life be without all these wonderful, beautiful, different people in it? There is something about us getting together and God pouring out a spirit, a la Joel 2.28, that he shall pour his spirit on all flesh and they shall prophesy and see visions and have dreams, all the beauty that comes together when it is all God's people together. I consider myself an antecedent or someone who's come from directly the line of the Zusa Street Revival. The Pentecostal church, the charismatic church, and the um, embracing of the gifts of the Spirit come directly from that. Now, Azusa Street Revival was started by a man named William Seymour, who began his ministry in Indianapolis. He had one eye, okay? So he was already, he was black and he had one eye. He was just like, you know what I mean? He was behind. And so he, go, he goes to Texas and to this ministry school in Texas, but in this ministry school in Texas, they didn't let him sit in the classroom. So he had to sit in the hallway to go through this ministry school and learn about what it meant to minister in his, in his context. God calls him to go to California. He goes to California, feels like he's supposed to start a church, but he can't start a church until he prays eight hours a day for, for a while. He prays eight hours a day. The Spirit falls upon this prayer meeting that it meets at this house that's on Bonnie Bray Street, and all these miracles and salvations begin to break out. Rich and poor are all together like never before, worshiping in the same place. Black and white are there together. It's the first integrated church in America. It's where the Spirit of God falls. Think about Acts 2, the diaspora, all those who are Jewish but who lived in different places in the ancient world came back to celebrate Passover at the same time that the Holy Spirit was falling and they all heard the disciples speaking in their own tongues. Diversity once again and the Holy Spirit falls. There seems to be a pattern there that if my children are together, there's nothing that I will withhold from them that God is looking to pour out his spirit, even in this city, as we exist, and it seems so divided, more divided than ever, politically, ideologically. But diversity always precipitates a move of the spirit. It is the nature of God that he loves when we embrace the fact is that we don't all look the same and we don't all sound the same. But we will be reunited one day. But how do we get continue to receive access to this? We cannot let the culture of the day dictate how we access God's kingdom. And we can't let what 
the real estate agent says I should move to dictate who our friend groups are. We can't let our, our need for certain validation dictate what our beliefs are. But always look into the kingdom of God for access by one spirit. There it is, united. <laughs> for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. The Holy Spirit is the elevator, okay? This is how we get to God. <laughs> Jesus is a, this metaphor breaks down, I'm sure, at some point, but <laughs> Jesus is the elevator shaft. The Holy Spirit is the elevator. <laughs> but what if God is not up? Maybe God is down. Maybe he's, all right. <laughs> but by his spirit, we have access to the Father. We go in boldly before him. See, I have a problem, and my problem is I don't like to go anywhere without tickets. Okay? You know why? Because I look like the kind of dude that would get rejected at a door somewhere. <laughs> Uh, buddy, we're full. Oh, oh, you don't have the right ticket. So we went to Vegas, and they were having this gala as a part of my wife's company that she was working at. And I came too late to get my ticket, all right? So my anxiety is already high. And they're all just like, don't worry. It'll be okay. They're not really going to check tickets. So I'm getting all dressed. I'm fancy, and I'm walking this long way to get in this place with no ticket, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord. I don't. <laughs> so they said, it's all right. We'll crowd around you, and then you can just, like, sneak in. It'll be okay. <laughs> so we go, and I just, like, I just kind of crouch behind all these white girls, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I made it in, and it seems like they weren't even checking that much. So they were right. That is the access that I always feel like I need. To compare Jesus to some white girls, all right? Jesus was like those girls surrounding me, making sure I have access to the Father, all right? <laughs> Nobody came with that metaphor today, okay? Nobody did. <laughs> They were co covering me, make sure I get into the kingdom. I'm just like, it just works, you know? And sometimes we're worried about things that are based on our own work. This is why we're talking about being seated in Christ. We are trying to get things by our own work that Jesus has already done for us. If I could just get perfect, you know what I'm saying? If I just get this sin out of my life, I would be amazing, God. Let's just let me do that, and I'll be amazing for you. And he's like, you know what? I already did all that. All I need you to do is just relax and walk in this way with complete access to the Father, to the King of Kings. That is so much of our life and our existence uh, celebrates scarcity and exclusivity. So much so that when you're on Amazon, it's like there's only one left. <laughs> I gotta buy this uh, really quick. Scarcity, exclusivity. There's not enough. There's not enough room for you. Especially in a state you're in. Oh man, there's no room for you. 
Jesus has given us access to the Father by the Spirit of Christ. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. This is how we rest in him. That we get all we need by trusting in him. Being made. You who are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. Man, you it's like you were built to carry God. It is as if he made you to carry his spirit. And we have so many walking around who don't understand or don't realize that and wonder why there's an emptiness that no amount of alcohol, no amount of weed, no amount of sex, no amount of anything will feel. Why? Because we are built to carry his spirit together as a body that we can carry the very spirit of God in everywhere we go. Sometimes it's in a us carrying sandwiches. Sometimes it's offering prayer for somebody, offering comfort for someone. By that, we are gathering and igniting ourselves for God. Sorry, there's no ignited airlines, but that that would be good. But they probably wouldn't get many customers. (laughs) Ignited airlines, that sounds dangerous. I'm not doing that. (laughs) That we are made. You know, remember I talked about a little while ago the butter factory, okay? Like, so we are butter fact. We like carry butter, but we're in a factory that makes butter. That's what the local church is. We carry the spirit of God, and the very body that we're a part of communicates the spirit of God. We all gather together in this beautiful way. To carry him. You know, I've carried other things before. The human body is not made to carry things for a long time. (laughs) I used to carry refrigerators and I was about to say cars. I never carried any cars, but I carried refrigerators. I carried couches. I carried lots of heavy things. And at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? Uh, My body is not made to do this anymore. This is really a young man's game to do this sort of thing. (laughs) But imagine that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What is more light than his spirit? We can carry him inside of us, this fire that knows no bounds, that continues to eat up all the darkness that it comes into contact with. 2 Corinthians 4 and 10, we are always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who, are, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Repeat after me. Say, I carry Jesus. Say it again. Say, I carry Jesus. We are always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, which also is this flame that ignites everything it comes into contact with. We are always carrying about in us the body of the dying 
Lord Jesus, so that we may find resurrection in the midst of it. He's destroyed any division that exists between us so that we can be united with the Father and carriers of his goodness and of his mercy and of his grace. You're just a butter factory. What can I say? You guys want to stand up? (laughs) That butter on the Jesus juice Our access is secured. Father, I just thank you today that you love us so much that you have given us unfettered, unfettered access to your kingdom, Jesus. That there is nothing that you have kept away from us. And as we gather all with our flames that you have ignited inside of our heart, therefore we create a fire that burns away any darkness it comes into contact with. That we gather here in this body not just for pomp and circumstance, not just for us to sing a few songs, to leave and to go home, but this is a violent act toward the darkness that exists in this city, that we are united, diverse, and your spirit is here. We pray that your spirit will pour out over this great neighborhood and over this city. We know, God, that we are made of those who endure even to the end to see your goodness, your glory, and your mercy manifest, Jesus. You are wonderful and glorious in every single way. May your love be shined through us today and every day that follows. In Jesus' name, amen.